This is Jimmy Scroggins. I'm the lead pastor at Family Church in West Palm Beach, Florida. Are you tired of going to conferences, reading books, and listening to speakers who tell you how to do church when you know that you cannot do what they are recommending? You've come to the right place on our podcast. We're going to give you principles, strategies, and ideas that you can implement right now with the resources you have at your church because this is church for the rest of us. Welcome back to the Church for the Rest of Us podcast. I'm really excited about today's episode because I literally get to be the odd man out. I'm here with Family Church Communications Director Leslie Bennett and our leadership consultant and coach Katie Cole. And we're going to talk about developing and raising up women leaders in our churches. This is a topic that we've been tackling here at Family Church and one on which Katie is an expert, both as a woman leader and as a newly published author. She's just written a book titled Developing Female Leaders. The book is releasing this spring. And you're definitely going to want a copy. I recently read an advanced copy, and it is absolutely fantastic. Best thing out there. Nothing out there like it in terms of practical application for pastors, stuff you can actually do to move forward in this area. And you can pre-order these books at katiecole.com. That's right, Jimmy. It really is a great read. Katie, I've enjoyed it as well as I've gotten to read the advanced copy. And I love the subtitle, Navigating the Minefields and Release the Potential of Women in Your Church. So that pretty much sums up what it's about, doesn't it? It does. It is a tough topic for mm-hmm. a lot of people. There's a lot of controversy on it. I think my heart behind this was really if people are interested in taking a step forward, whatever that step is, I just wanted to give some practical ways to do that so we would quit missing each other. That's really good. Yeah, I think that does happen. You know, first of all, Katie, you've actually led in ministry at a very high level for 20 years, and you're not really someone who's gone around trying to become some gigantic feminist or anything like that. And yet you have been a woman leader, you are a woman leader, and you've empowered women leaders, and you've helped men learn how to do the same. And I love it that you wrote this book. But why did you decide to take on this huge project writing the book? Yeah, you're right, Pastor Jimmy. I've not really taken on the banner of women in leadership. I've sort of just been thankful to have opportunity myself and don't really have an agenda about it. But about a year ago, I work with a lot of churches. I work with Leadership Network a lot. So I'm in rooms with churches, especially senior pastors and executive pastors. And when I'm there previously... There was always one or two girls there, and they would come find me. Right. We'd have lunch, and it, you know, it's a small the girls club of yeah. women, and we need each other. And it's a unique dynamic to be in very male-dominated arenas, and so it's been fun to get to know them. And I have you know things to share with them. But about a year ago, I all of a sudden had lunch invitations and breakfast meetings with senior pastors and executive pastors and high-level leaders who were wanting to do a better job with the women on their team. I think, especially for a lot of senior pastors, they are married to women. Who who have great abilities and have things to contribute, and they're realizing they aren't quite sure how to help that happen. Many of them are reaching an age where they have daughters who are coming of age, and their daughters are looking at them and saying, Dad, what do I do now that that I've graduated high school? You know, I was running summer camp last summer, and now I have to, like, go make casseroles. Like, how does that work? Right, right. And so... 
you know, regardless of kind of where we're at on the theological spectrum, I think we all know that we need more leaders. We need trusted, mature people. And if there are people, women, who are able to help do that, we want to be able to empower them. And so how do we kind of come up against the structural issues, the historical issues, but still stay true to what our belief system is? And so as I was talking with these guys, I'd give them notes or give them thoughts, and they'd, you know, tell me about these things they were doing with women. And they never quite set right with me because they didn't quite realized that what they were doing was maybe not so helpful. And then I had a couple of experiences where the senior leaders were talking to me and the women were talking to me and they were just so clearly missing each other. These were women who wanted to grow in leadership, who wanted to say faithfully serve their church. And these were male high-level leaders who wanted them to take steps. And it was like they were missing each other, miscommunicating, misinterpreting one another. And there was this big gap between what was wanted for these leaders and what these leaders wanted to do and how they were going to get there. So I set out to try and figure out how can we fill that gap? That's the thing that from an organizational leadership standpoint, for me, feels just like so much lost leadership potential that we're just leaving behind and our churches are missing out on. And so I interviewed 30 high-level female leaders in churches across America and then sent out a survey, which we had over 1,200 female leaders fill out. That is incredible. It was amazing. I just, I was really going for like, if I could get 200 people, that would be awesome. So it kind of took off, which was very affirming to me that this is really an important topic and one that people are trying to figure out in their local church context. So from that, we kind of distilled the research and came up with eight best practices that churches can do to create an environment that will help women grow in leadership and more importantly, be able to contribute those gifts back into their local church setting and really allow God to use them in a way that's flourishing and helpful in the church. And let me just say too, as I read the book, that was my favorite thing about it. So I'm a pretty conservative guy. We have a conservative church. Katie, you're a member here, so you know about all of that. But this book is written in a way that it gives practical steps that any church in any context of any size, honestly, from any theological persuasion, unless you're just some kind of hardcore patriarchalist who, who is not moving, all right? Don't read the book. But everybody else can actually learn something. And even if you don't agree with every jot and tittle in the book, it doesn't matter. It will help you take practical steps. And Katie, I think because you are an intuitive, insightful female leader who has done the job and is coaching leaders right now, I think you bring something really unique to the table that pastors can learn from it. I learned a ton. It made me think. I took notes. I've got some things just from reading the book that our team is going to do differently. I've got some things that we're going to continue to do except for do it more. And I've actually was kind of taught a few things like, wow, I think I do that. I thought I was helping when I did that. I think that I didn't realize I was insulting everybody. <laughs> and so, it, you know, and I think miscommunication between men and women in a, in a leadership partnership is not unusual. Uh, the three of us have been married for decades and decades if you add it all up. And I'm pretty sure that's happened before in our lives. Not, you know, church isn't the only place that that happens. But can you just bring to me such a a sweetness, but an incisiveness to the topic? That's that's really, really helpful. So if you look at the stuff and the, the research, these are our listeners, church for the rest of us. What should our listeners be gleaning from your book. What do you want them to hear? What do you want them to be thinking about as uh, they approach the topic? Yeah, before we get into that, Jimmy, I think we'd like to hear from you a little bit more on why this is an important topic to you. Like we want to get into the how, Ah. but before we get into the how, we really thought it'd be helpful to hear from you as, like you said, a lead pastor who does come from a more theologically conservative viewpoint. Right. Why is this something that you want to talk about right now? I'm turning the tables on you. Got it. (laughs) 
Well, I think it's crucial for for a couple of reasons. One, I do come from a I'm I'm a conservative guy in a pretty conservative church, but my background is much more conservative than I am now, and the churches that I grew up in are much more conservative than ours is now. So I would just say I'm I am in motion especially on this issue. And the reason for that is I I am probably what might be called like a a soft complementarian if you're into the theology of it. But the reason is, I'm afraid that our complementarianism has been camouflaged for kind of male chauvinism, even unintentional male chauvinism. And so when you really read the New Testament and you see who's really in there and you read the Old Testament and see who's really in there and see what people were doing and see what even the men who are writing the Bible are saying about the women who they're partnering with in ministry, I just want to make sure that we have the exact same kind of dynamic going on right now. As, as they had in the early church. And then I also think just my own evolution, watching my wife develop as a leader at different things and just, just realizing that, wow, she shouldn't be held back because she's a woman. I do have some beliefs about family structure and about church structure. I do think there are some differences between men and women, no doubt, and God made those and we joyfully receive those at our church and in our lives. But I want to release the, the giftedness and uh, the talent and the energy of all of the women in our church and in my family to be everything that God wants them to be. And I don't want to have these artificial constructs that we say are theological, but I think might be mostly cultural to be the roadblocks because it's not just about hurting the women. It's about hurting the kingdom. Like we're trying to build the kingdom and releasing all of the resources, uh, people and otherwise, into the harvest field to to go into God's harvest to me is what's kind of driving me in all of this. Yeah, and it's interesting because we have the conversations quite often. We we've do. had these conversations in the last couple of months. And some of, I think, what I, you know, when you ask me questions about what it's like to be a woman leader on staff in our church, it does come a little bit from the history of what our church has been and how I felt just being a part of the church and what women's roles were, you know, kind of communicated to me, like from my background and my growing up. And sometimes it's hard to shed those things. I know, Katie, you've talked about that. You know, when you're just used to being, no one ever talks about the women in the Bible. Nobody ever brings them up or holds them up as an example to us. It's always a male-oriented sermon focusing on men. And so I know that that's one of the things you've discovered. I think it's one of the things that we all have inherited a lot of things that we may not realize are playing into what we're unknowingly communicating to people. So yeah, that is one of the examples. Because once I started researching the book and people were, you know, reporting back on this survey, I went to a few different churches. I was on the road working with some churches. So I did two or three Sundays at other churches. And every single weekend, there was a message. And as they read through the scripture for the message, they skipped over the paragraph about the woman. So the queen who visited King Solomon, there were a couple of people in the book of Acts, and they, they literally like, and jumped down to verse seven. And I just thought, why did we just do that? Like, all I really want to do is make sure that we are living according to God's word. But if we're unknowingly skipping over because it's not a main point in our sermon, as a little girl growing up, I really didn't know that there were women in the Bible who did anything. And I was fine with that. But when you read the Bible for yourself, you're kind of like, gosh, how different that would have been to have seen that kind of alive or just exampled. So, and Pastor Jimmy, as you lead something, lead this in your church, I'm curious a little bit about the leadership conversation because leading change is challenging. This is a difficult topic. You've got a rich history here. You're still a little bit in process personally. So you've chosen some timing 
growing. You know, this wasn't the first thing you took on as a new senior pastor with a church in crisis. Talk to me a little bit about some of the things you have already done or some of the things you and Leslie have been working on to try and maybe not champion this in a way that's a major agenda, but you're making space for things. And what are the results of that? What are you seeing on your team? Yeah, well, I would just say that even coming here 10 years ago, I already began almost immediately getting here. This is something that's been on my heart to to do. And so immediately we tried to change some things even in the early years. So we clarified, for instance, in our church, we allow women to teach Bible studies and so forth. And so we began to do that early on. We put women on the platform in more featured roles than they had been before early on from praying, leading worship, making announcements. Bev Bonner runs our new members class and has from the very beginning. So she's the one who actually teaches the membership class. So those are things that we wanted to do. A few years ago, we actually started having women baptized, and it may not be a big deal to some of our listeners. Some of our listeners just fell out of their chair. But actually, I wanted to do this very early on, and Bev Bonner said, Jimmy, I know theologically and everything where you are. I'm telling you, that's not a good idea right now. You're already causing enough trouble. Let's put that off a few years. And so actually at her insistence, I held off on some things and, you know, we've been able to do that. And I think that basically as we can, you know, Bev Bonner in our organization is a high level executive level leader, really nobody higher than she is other than the senior pastor. Leslie Bennett is a very high level leader in our church. She kind of functions as a chief of staff here at our church and just very directs communications and all kinds of things. Angel Turbyville is a campus director, which is the equivalent of a campus pastor on the organizational chart. In our church, we only have men as pastors. That's our kind of our theological framework. But in terms of the organizational chart, she is actually the boss of some pastors because she is running the show at her campus. And so I think we have created some space, done some things differently than it's ever been done before at our church, but we still have far to go. And one of the things that really concerns me is that when I talk to Leslie or Bev, or when I talk to some other leaders in our church, and and, and you've helped me with this too, Katie, is just, it doesn't matter what progress I think we're making. It's a little bit more important what progress they think we're making. And so sometimes I'm kind of shocked, like uh, we were reading your book and I said, well, Leslie, which of these theological perspectives do you think? that I'm coming from. And she said one, and I was like, I totally disagree with that. I think I'm coming from over here. It doesn't matter. That's what she's feeling. And so those are kind of some of the thoughts that I've had as we've gone through this process. Yeah. I think knowing that everyone brings their own kind of background and experiences and even some baggage around gender roles in the families we grew up in, in the community context around the nation that we grew up in, in the churches we grew up in, especially in a place like South Florida, where a lot of people move here. They're right. bring, it's not like someone has just grown up in this one church and you're just shifting one kind of set of mindset. You have all this collection of experiences that people are bringing to the table. And so kind of being able to land and have some clarity around that is one of the one of the best practices because it it is so easy to misinterpret something. Like if Bev were sick one weekend and she didn't do the announcements, there are people who would probably go, I wonder if we don't let women in leadership anymore. No. Like that would be the automatic kind of assumption. And so it's just easy to kind of read in too much to it. So Pastor Jimmy, what are some of the things that you have really appreciated about including women in some leadership dynamics here? Well, I mean, one one of the best things, women just have a different perspective. And I know this kind of goes against the grain of what we're saying, but I actually do think that maleness and femaleness is a gift from God. And I am a complementarian because I think maleness and femaleness 
complement each other. I think the differences are not strictly anatomical. I think there are actual differences in the way that we perceive the world and interact with each other. And so I just think it's very powerful. The other thing is we are leading a church that's probably 50% or more women. And so for a bunch of men to get in a room and decide what kind of things these women need to hear and what they what we need to do to care for them and shepherd them and encourage them is kind of dumb because I don't even understand my own wife and daughters. And so how would I understand, you know, thousands of women that attend family church? And I think having women speak into, hey guys, that's not going to be received well, both from communication. You know, Katie, you've coached me and, and you consult with us and you've coached me even on communication. Some of the comments you made to me were, hey, when you say this, women take it that way. Okay, well, I probably need to hear that because I have no idea how women take it. And so I think just the perspective, but also unleashing the strengths because women have the same strengths as as men in terms of spiritual gifting, as far as I'm concerned. I think they all of the, the spiritual gift descriptions in the New Testament are evenly distributed among men and women. And so from preaching and teaching to prophecy to compassion to helps and trying to pigeonhole women into kind of certain gifts and, and given other gifts and recognizing the gifts of men, I think it's a, a huge error that limits our church in so many ways. So to me, it gives us a better perspective. It puts more horsepower to the to the task and it unleashes more gifted people to, to do the work. I just have to be honest because we've had these discussions in former podcasts, previous podcasts about inclusivity, the difference between achieving diversity and inclusivity, and it's been primarily based on race, but it also applies to women. And I really, really appreciate, Pastor Jimmy, how you always recognize that you don't have the, the perspective of a woman, you don't have the perspective of a black man, and we all have to respect you know, have that same I don't have the perspective of a black woman. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's so many perspectives So many I perspectives lack. you lack. <laughs> and so true. many perspectives we all lack. And I think just the self-awareness of realizing, like, I don't naturally have this perspective and other people are going to have a different perspective. If we invite them to the table, and they're not just at the table, but they're actually speaking into the things that are going on, like we've talked about, then that's when you really get not just diversity, but inclusivity. The real key to that is having leaders who are open to hearing other perspectives and realizing their limitations on being able to understand other people's journeys and being interested in asking. And so that is one of the things I really appreciate you about you, Pastor Jimmy. And even as you're in process of this, part of that is learning as you go. We, you know, we all have biases. I think one of the interesting statistics is how many women have biases against women. Mm. And I would say I've yeah. fallen victim to that. So this is not just a men versus women. <laughs> you know, it's, it's the culture I grew up in. And, I, and so we all have to challenge our own assumptions about men, about women, about young people, about millennials, about different races. It's just about being able to be more open to how God wants to express himself through lots of different people, and especially the different kind of people he brings to our church. Because if we're speaking to one person, we're going to get a lot of that person. But families come together, and we want to reach everyone, and the gospel is big enough for everyone. So that's part of the representation is we want it to be able to communicate to an entire family, to an entire community. Well, this is a great conversation to have. And Leslie and Katie, both of you have spoken into my life in just really powerful ways that are 
have helped me, I think, personally. So I think I'm a better Christian because of you guys speaking into my life. I just said, guys, you said not to do that in your book. Because of you ladies, you people speaking into my into my life on this topic, I think it makes me a better Christian. I think it makes me a better husband. I think it makes me a better dad. I think it makes me a better pastor. I think it makes me a better person. And so I'm personally grateful to both of you from the heart. And I'm really looking forward to talking about this more. So we're going to continue to unpack some of what Katie's written in her book about how to develop women leaders. And we will air that next week. In the meantime, I'd like for you to go online and register for our Sharper Conference this spring because Katie is going to be there. You'll get to meet her in person so she can ask you some questions. She may just turn the tables on you like she did for me today. Thank you for listening today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. I'd love for you to follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Scroggins or check out FamilyChurchNetwork.com to chime in on our blog. We want your feedback on today's podcast. Plus, we want to know what you are doing because we want to learn from you too. Hey, until next time, this is Jimmy Scroggins and you've been listening to Church for the Rest of Us.